0: what's going on people welcome to the Colleg nation podcast formerly known as the trophy hunters podcast recently rebranded trying to get a little more into the colleague swing of things joining me as always it's ryan what's going on man happy monday
1: yes happy monday uh happy race day um, normally we don't race on Mondays, but because of the rain out, we uh, had a race today in New Hampshire. So no matter what the outcome is, good or bad indifferent, I always love race day. So today was a good day.
0: Uh, yeah, it was It was nice to see some racing on a Monday. Uh, although it, I feel like weather has basically destroyed the last three NASCAR weekends. And uh, Pocono is this upcoming weekend. So I don't know if I feel much better about that. Uh, but uh, we've gone to Loudoun. And Haley took home a 17th place finish. Allmendinger took home a 19th place finish in the cup series. Um, we're going to spend a good chunk of today talking about how uh, calling is trending in the right direction for sure. Uh, today was a bit of a blip just despite the finishes. Um, but I do think there's an area that we could sort of focus on here. And before we uh, dive fully into this thing, I just want to bring up the up-to-date point standings, which sees Mr. A.J. Elmendinger in 18th and Justin Haley in 21st. Uh, I don't have the graphic that shows the actual playoff ladder on me, so quick math says that Justin Haley is about 44 points out of the playoffs or so. Uh, I might be off on that one. Uh, I don't think I am, though which means Haley's a bit of a longer shot, but I still wouldn't count him out. I I view everybody basically Chase Elliott up fair game. I think we're really looking at Chase Elliott through Bubba Wallace, realistically. Those are the positions that are uh, up for grabs. And uh, we got six races to go, man. How do you feel about New Hampshire? I know we'll get into the race here a bit. I know we're both a little frustrated. Uh, and, And what do you think about where the team is in points right now?
1: Yeah, well, so our last episode we did three weeks ago, A.J. was 24 points behind the cut line, and Haley was somewhere in the 40s. So if we look after the last three weeks, we haven't really moved a whole lot. Um, I will say this, A.J. has moved up in points to the 18th position uh, and he's twenty points out now uh, with six races to go. So uh, we had a we had the street course at Chicago, then we had the Super Speedway in Atlanta, and then we had today. Uh, we made up points at the Super Speedway track, Kind of threw some points away at the uh, the street course, which is very disappointing. I know we'll touch on that a bit. Um, but this race today I was very concerned about. When I was looking at the schedule of races over the final couple months leading into the playoffs, I circled two tracks that really concerned me, today at Loudoun and here in a couple weeks when we go to Richmond. Um, The college short track program has not been good this year. It really wasn't that good last year either. Um, It's just an area where they have not found a good setup. They still haven't. It's been their weak point all season. Um, so going into this race, I was hoping that they would basically tread water uh, on the points. I think they lost seven points today. So all in all, it, I would say today was damage control. But the performance of the team has been very, very good over the last, I mean, I would even say three months, really. They've really come come along very nicely. Um, both drivers have dug their way out of a very large hole. Um, Both drivers were below 25th in points at one point this season. So um, to do what they've done and get to a point where at least we can have an honest discussion about making the playoffs without winning, um, I think is definitely an encouraging sign. Um, We still have two road courses and a super speedway left before we make the playoffs. So I'm really happy about our odds going into those final couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I look. Look, so when you wreck basically the first five races of the season, although you salvaged a, a couple of decent finishes there, a couple of good finishes even, uh, and then the other three not so much, uh, you put yourself behind the eight ball real quick, and that's where colleague finds themselves right now. And that's where AJ finds himself right now. I'm sure they're sitting there and wondering how many points did we throw away? And I know you and I had a, a brief talk about, and we figured in the first five or six races, realistically, they might've thrown away somewhere between 60 and 80 points, uh, which is definitely frustrating when you look at the point standings and realize that would have AJ in 14th place. Um, but what it could have, should have didn't. And here we are. AJ's 18th, Justin's 21st. Um. And I don't think you can afford calls where you put scuffs back on the car, despite there being a tire limit. Because by my math, they shouldn't have been anywhere close to the tire limit if it's not close to what infinity F- is. Um, and just to – to it was just a bad decision because I, I get the line of think. The caution hurt them. People came down pit road, obviously. Um the caution that followed the caution. Like uh, I think it was the Almirola one where. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't unf- even make it out of turn
1: two. Yeah, first lap which, of the
0: restart. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate for him, obviously who had a, a top five car for sure. Um, Which is rare for him too, might I add. That being said, me sitting at home on my couch in Canada <laughs> said to you that that is not enough laps to generate a difference at the beginning of the next stage. It just isn't on the tires because you're not just worried about the guys that took the waiver on, you're worried about the other cars too. Your goal is not to maintain your position. You want to advance your position. And in that moment, and keep in mind, this is following up AJ spinning and AJL speeding down pit road and two additional, very slow pit stops for the team as well. Um, they didn't help matters any. When they did that, like they handcuffed them. And if it wasn't for, you know, cautions, breeding cautions a little later in the race, we're talking about a 25th to 28th place finish instead of, uh, you know, 19th. Uh, They were lucky to get back up to 19th. And those are the type of mistakes that I do think, you know, separate the contenders from pretenders. And I I love Colleague, and I'm probably going to be the one that's always a little more glass half empty on here. I try not to be. Uh, but I, I call it like I see it, and at the end of the day, uh, there are mistakes that they have to eliminate from their game. And you mentioned it; they, they've um, they've only gained what is it four points in the last three races? But before it was about eleven or so. Is that right? They lost seven today.
1: Yeah, they lost seven today. So I mean, they obviously had a very strong week last week, and and they had a small, I'm not going to say a buffer because they were below the points cutoff, but knowing what today was going to be probably a challenge for them, um, they they, did, they gave themselves at least a little wiggle room. Uh, but, I mean, 20 points below the cut now with, uh, what did you say, six races to go. Six races um, to go. Those six it's, races it's, a lot it's doable. It's doable. Yeah, it's doable, and they have two road courses, and they have the super speedway. So, I mean, there's definitely am- ample opportunities for AJ to score big points, maybe even win one of those road courses. But it's it's tough, man. The the cars that they're racing against, you know, be it Ty Gibbs in a JGR car, or Bubba Wallace in a twenty three eleven car, you know, or even you know Daniel Suarez. The Trackhouse team's been really strong. I mean, the the competition that we're racing for 16th has been really good. I mean, Michael McDowell, tip of the cap to that guy, he's been really good the last couple of years, and he's been out driving um, both AJ and Justin over the last couple of weeks. I mean, we're saying we've we've only gained four points to the cut line, and the reason for that is because Michael McDowell has been driving at a world-class level. So um, it's really going to be hard to gain those 20 points over the next six weeks. And then there's the ever looming Hendrick cars that we can't forget about. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, Alex Bowman and chase Elliott can bust out a win at literally any track they show up to. So um, it, it's going to be hard, but it's not out of the question. And, and today I was very frustrated. Um, I was working, so I couldn't watch the whole race and, you know, it was kind of just tracking AJ's in car cam when I could, you know, New Hampshire is a track where you cannot pass. I don't care if you're running third or 23rd, you cannot pass. It's just the flatness of the track. Track position is king. Um, it, it has been for years and it will be for years to come. And they did not give themselves the opportunities to succeed today. Um, AJ spun right around lap 30, killer. Pit road penalty, killer. You know and then at the end, end of stage two, I, I did not realize that they were short on tires and they were short on tires. I mean, uh, the one of our guys that posts on Call Nation is uh related to the crew chief and he said they had no tires left. So, um, yeah, I'll take that with 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 sincerity and realize that they probably were handcuffed a bit in that department. But as soon as that second caution flew uh, for Eric Almarola and all those cars behind them that were. Uh, taking the wave around that was their opportunity to come down pit road slap one of their last sets of stickers on it and restart with seven eight laps left in the stage and stay out because a lot of those cars that were a lap down i mean chase briscoe is a good example chase elliott was another good example Um, and a few others eric jones they all took the wave around they pit they stayed out at the stage break and they all got top 15 finishes They didn't have the best cars, but they had the track position. And once AJ went for his spin early in the race, they never got it back. And that's the part that really frustrated me about today's
0: race. What kills me there is we have seen the 31 team dating back to last year take gambles in situations like that. And the 16 team almost never does. They do once in a while. Typically, they don't, and they could have came down pit road and put on two fresh tires instead of four scuffs. Probably would have been more beneficial. Or I'm not talking uh, the second caution. I'm talking the first caution. Think about it. It's not like they burned a ton of more laps. You had three or four more yellow laps. Four, I believe it was four. Actually, four or five. I think is the standard um, for the uh, New Hampshire, anyways, and like, why don't you just send him out? Why don't you just keep him out there and just try to convince yourself that AJ is not going to let 10 cars pass him?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and I think the risk behind that is we saw in stage one, um, uh, who was it? Ricky Stenhouse stayed out uh, on the lap 30 competition yellow and ended up going a lap down pretty quickly thereafter. So tires did matter. But as you said, with only, let's say, eight laps left in the stage, he certainly wasn't going to go a lap down. And I'm guessing he – I mean, if it wasn't a net gain, it would have at least been a net wash because at the time he was running right around 17th. So um, I definitely think there were some opportunities to, to improve themselves or at least give themselves a chance uh, that they certainly didn't take today. And that, again, that was my true frustration because we knew the car – was a 15th to 18th, 19th car on raw speed, which, again, for New Hampshire, is something I'm okay with. We knew this was going to be a top 15 at best kind of day. Uh, But knowing where your limits were and not trying to, you know, strategize your way to the front really cost them points. And we saw that with uh, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace was running behind AJ a good chunk of the day today, but because they made some different strategy calls, ended up getting... I don't know if he got a top 10 out of it, but he was very close to the top 10 at the end of the day. And he gained a lot of points. And those are points AJ had in his grasp as a, the team, the colleague had in their grasp and they let it slide. So those are the things you can really look back at, you know, later in the season and be like, man, we left some stuff on the table today.
0: It's frustrating. And we'll, ha- we'll have to see what happens. Like when I look at the the upcoming schedule, man, I look at it and hold my breath because I got to be honest. um, I know you and I were talking briefly the other day about engine packages. I I still have a much different opinion on that. Uh, You'll never, I'm not saying you said it either, but I've seen other people put it out there. Kyle Larson's not running the same thing under his hood that AJ L. is. I'm sorry. That's just not true. It's not happening. Um, And you look at two of those three tracks coming up and you have to be able to create horsepower, because there are super long straightaways. And AJ and Haley consistently, they'll be okay in the turns. But I'm telling you, you're going to watch Pocono, and you're going to watch Michigan. And you're going to get frustrated when you see cars out drag racing the 16 and the 31 down the straightaway. Hell, I get mad when I see that a road course and a long straightaway. They there's just not enough power under the hood of those cars. And so when I look at those two tracks, I go, you know, Pocono at least has some breaking sections that where AJ has always been able to take advantage of. But you're looking at 15th to 20th place there. There's no reason. And that's best case scenario. Unless they unload and they're looking damn good and able to get track position and qualify well, which hasn't happened at all this year. Um, Pocono isn't looking great. Richmond is right up there with Phoenix as two of their worst tracks for the team, period. Um, Chandler Smith might disagree. <laughs> I think Chandler Smith is actually—is uh, Chandler Smith doing this Richmond race?
1: On the Cup side, I do. I would have to check. I honestly don't remember. I, I do think he—he might-, he he might be. I think he has at least one race left on his Cup schedule, so it very well could be Richmond. But I don't know off the top of my head.
0: Uh, so you have Pocono, you have Richmond, and then you have Michigan. Michigan's at least a little draft-dependent. But let's be honest—if you look at the history of the Cup car, college Cup cars—and it's not very long. Uh, or even middling pack teams, they don't fare well on tracks like this. They don't. It becomes a a powerhouse show of the teams that create the most horsepower. And uh, so I look at the next three races, man, and I go, you desperately got to limit the damage and hope that after the next three races, you're only 30, 35 back. Because I don't see them gaining at all. Because when you look at who they're chasing, just had it up on screen. Busher was kind of out there. Bubba Wallace is going to create horsepower. Michael McDowell, you might be able to argue that Almendinger and McDowell's cars are, are pretty even and uh, and Suarez has the track house stuff, which has been proven to be better than the colleague stuff so far. And it worries me. Obviously, the the latter three tracks that you mentioned are right in his wheelhouse. Like you, you are unless Daytona was another road course, I don't know if you could ask for a better last three tracks but the three that come before that could be the nail in the coffin. I hope it's not. I'm kind of predicting it is without a win.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's certainly concerning when you look at, I mean, but if you look at the schedule top to bottom, um, there's definitely a lot of tracks where you'd say, you know, it's not in the call wheelhouse, but yet over the last couple of months, they found ways, they found ways to be better. They found ways to maximize days. So, I mean, I'm not, I share your concerns. I'm not uh, disagreeing with you in any way, but I, I look at both Pocono and Michigan as tracks where you're right. We probably, we don't have the same horsepower as the Fords. We don't have the same horsepower per se as the HMS teams. My more, my bigger concern is the bodies. Truthfully, the way you finesse the the bodies and contour them to maximize the slip streams, um, at these big tracks are areas where I definitely think the team can improve. But I mean, also on the flip side, on my, my glass half full side, if we go back to Fontana in the second week of the season, uh, Kyle Busch won that race driving for RCR. So um, we know at least our sister car, so to speak, if you want to call RCR colleague sister team, uh, won a, went out and won that race and did so on pace, not strategy. So... Um, and also, if I remember right, AJ got wrecked pretty early in the race, unfortunately. But he was running around 15th or 16th when he got wrecked. So, um, you know, I, I definitely don't think we're going to be poorer at those tracks. I'm not th- – we will be better than 25th place, 22nd place. At least that's what I'm thinking. But it's definitely a concern when we, again, compare to who they're racing against. Uh, they just – got to be figure out a way to not lose points. So that it's going to be a tough draw. And honestly – if they fall below, I would say about 25 points below the cut line, even if they have really good races to end it, that's just such a huge number to overcome. So I think there's definitely a lot of pressure on the team to to maximize the next couple of weeks to get getting into their sweet spot here at the end of the regular season.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I, I, you know, there's tracks that they've been average at, but I look at at Richmond as one of those tracks. It's not just a. A mid track for them, it is their kryptonite, and you know even if they don't do well there, I I, I hope at the very least they can make some gains because as a young team, you need to start to make some gains at some of these tracks. Uh, I just went back and checked Auto Club. That was the race that Almendinger wrecked out, uh, wrecked out of, uh, and, and Haley was a, a non-factor all day. The two RCR cars ran great, but that doesn't always matter to colleague. Look, at the end of the day, it, our colleague pays RCR for Alliance, so. Uh, When colleague's running good stuff and RCR wants to borrow, they can. When RCR is running good stuff and colleague wants to borrow, it's not as cut and dry as that. We've heard satellite teams talk about that before. It's almost—I mean, obviously, it's a little late in the game to do this, but I I do think there's a benefit to teams having their own operation. Obviously, it's a lot harder to do. It's one of the reasons I get annoyed every time someone compares colleague or uh, another team to Trackhouse. It's like Trackhouse is Ganassi. It's Kanasi, Like, it's not the same thing. It's like if you bought uh, the New York Yankees or ended up being an expansion team the next year. Uh, it's not the same thing. And I think team people need to stop the comparisons there. I don't think they're they're great. But we'll have to see what happens. Again, I think the last three races at Detone is a crap shoot. You could have 27 cars wreck out on lap two of the race. So, yeah. Um, Generally, that doesn't happen. Generally, AJ finds a way to be up front late in the race. So um, I'm hopeful, but uh, I do wonder if time has run out. That being said, I'm not confident that AJ can win at Watkins Glen. Um, he's, he's pretty good there, but those HMS cars seem to all run very good there. Uh, in the, Indianapolis Road Course is a different story, I believe. Uh, I almost wish we could go back to last year where he's restarting second on the final restart and, you know, have him not be almost dying of heat stroke. I wonder (laughs) how that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Healthy AJ had a real shot to win that race last year. So uh, I definitely have high hopes for Indy Watkins Glen will be a top five car. I'm not concerned about being that. And at the end of the day, if we're a top five car at Watkins Glen, go out there and get a bunch of stage points, top five stage points. That's going to accumulate pretty quickly, um, but I think their best shot to win at this point is Indianapolis. But uh, at the same token, uh, we thought they had a real shot to win at Chicago, and they've uh, kindly yeah, laid, yeah. laid 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 a dud, so uh, they were nowhere close. Or they missed it completely. So uh, as you know, as confident as I want to be about these tracks, I also uh, can't sit here and say they're going to be uh, great because they've definitely missed a few setups. At the road courses recently, so um, it's quite optimism, I guess, for those races. Uh, But we obviously, if you look at AJ's two career Cup wins, they both come at Indianapolis and Watkins Glen. So uh, I I would say the the odds are in our favor for these two tracks. But uh, again, it's it's something you just can't say it's a guarantee at this point either. But uh, they should be good.
0: No, absolutely. It's you know, Coda earlier this year sucks. It's two years in a row where the Coda finish probably should have been way better than what it actually was. Um Hell, one should have been a win. The other one probably should have been third. Uh So, you know, things happen. And then that, what's the other two Sonoma happened. What was the other road course that's happened this year, man? Oh, uh, let's Sonoma, see. Let's... Coda And there would have been one more.
1: Yeah, there was another one. Where did they go? They've, that's the beauty of it. They've added so many. It's hard to keep track of them all at, at this point. Um,
0: Someone's listening to this right now. It's this track, you idiots. Yeah, I know.
1: It's embarrassing, truly.
0: Um, Sonoma. Coda would have been the first one. Let's
1: see.
0: Unless there's only no, 5 just... like there's six. Here we go.
1: Let's see. Chicago. Chicago. We
0: were just talking about it. Chicago. Um, yeah, it's Chicago, because then you got the uh, Charlotte Roble. Uh, Chicago, they missed the setup on completely, which sucks, right? And then Sonoma, I didn't think they were bad at all. I thought they were probably the the third or fourth best car there, and uh, some some bad luck had to make AJ drive back up through the field, and he got up to sixth, I think, at
1: Sonoma. Excuse me. Yeah, he, fin- so, he finished he finished sixth at Sonoma. So. Oh, so,
0: and then the Coda thing—he's been arguably one of the best cars on the track both years there, and just hasn't been able to get the finish. Uh Let's shift course here. We'll, we'll touch briefly touch on Xfinity at the very end. I want to talk about something that has come up in the media a lot the last week, and that is colleagues, 2024 cup plans. And, uh, and here we have a nice little Bob (laughs) Pockrass graphic uh, hiding behind his own words here. And uh, Bob's not so sure that the colleague is going to remain the same next year. Uh, he went on to say, A.J. Allmendinger, uh, Allmendinger is 18th in standings and is under contract with Colleague Racing in his return to full-time cup racing. Allmendinger had a slow start to the season, but has surged to 18th in the standings. The 41-year-old driver uh, had said he was miserable struggling in cup his last full-time years in 2017-2018. So when he had a slow start, speculation was rampant that maybe he would want to return to the Xfinity Series. Almeninger went on to say, compared to the way it's been a long time ago, he's referring to JTG, it's completely different. To answer your question about the future, it's the answer I always have. It's whatever Matt Collig and Chris Rice want me to do. Let me go ahead and answer that for everybody. He's going to be in the 16-cup car next year, (laughs) okay? Uh, If That's where they need him to be. And they'll try to take advantage of his five Xfinity starts when they get him. You also have to remember that the cup, the, the salary that he makes for driving a cup car is not the same as the salary he makes for driving an Xfinity car. They're not even close. There's two different pay scales there. So that matters. I will say this though, man. And I never thought I'd say this, but we didn't know what was going on in his personal life. If he decides that that's too much pressure while having a newborn and would rather return to the Xfinity series and maybe run a third cup car part-time, you know, do some races in the 13. I wouldn't rule that out because kids change everything. I'm speaking from experience.
1: See, and I, and I, I'm on the exact flip side of that. I think the fact that uh, he's about to have his first child is going to motivate him even more to run the cup series for a couple more years, um, you know, because I, I think, you know, you, you say pressure and, but, you know, where he's at in his life, obviously he's in a, you know, happily married. There was a point years back where he was not in that same position. So, you know, he's married, he's got a child on the way, they've got a new cat. Um, you know, I think, I think they've reached a point where he's in a different state of mind and, and I think it's a better state of mind. And, and I actually think this is going to help him, um, you know, kind of temper his own personal struggles, uh, knowing knowing what's going on in his personal life. So I actually take this as, you know, this will probably encourage him to be a better version of himself and, and continue to race at the Cup Series at a pretty high level. Um, but I just kind of want to touch on that first sentence. Uh, compared to the way it was a long time ago, it's completely different. Um, you, you brought up earlier that, you know, if – and this is a big if at this point, because we're still on the outside looking in, if AJ makes the playoffs, um, how would it be different than when he made his lone playoff appearance with JTG back in 2013, 2014? And I just, it's totally different. The, the JTG cars were very, very slow for all intents and purposes. And we knew outside of winning that, Road course. That was about it. They weren't going to have a lot of opportunities to move on in the playoffs. And I just think part of his comment there, it's completely different. The cars are different, the teams different, the atmosphere is different, and I, and they're all different in good ways. I, I really do. I mean, obviously, I can't sit here and predict the future, but I think he would, you know, from a competition standpoint, he's in such a better place today than he was back then that he will always make the best out of any of his situations even on the bad days his bad days are still superior to those mediocre days he had at JTG. so um uh, i just you know where he is at in his in his life you know and we were talking earlier this year we really thought he was on his way back to xfinity i mean he ended up he was in what uh wreck the first six or seven weeks in a row six. yeah, For six. yeah brutal sort of. right absolutely brutal so at that point i was not confident that he's going to get himself out of that funk but he has and now he's racing the best he has in a long time
0: uh bob goes on to say uh this about just haley haley is 21st in the standings and is a free agent after the season but continues to steadily improve and impress whether he stays at colleague could depend on sponsorship if it doesn't materialize for haley at colleague it could be a potential candidate at Spire if it opts to replace the struggling Ty Dillon. So a few uh, notable points here is Haley and Spire obviously have a have a relationship from the past. Uh, unless Spire is going to invest more money into their part of an alliance, that's going to be a, a ride around at the back of the pack car. Never do any. I know you want to race with it, but for you know, barring one of those circumstances, you're racing for thirtieth place at best, basically in one of those cars. Um, that being said, this is now the third time and I checked today, the third time in just the last month, Bob has said something about Justin Haley and sponsorship. And I can only wonder one of two things. One is Matt Collig pulling back a bit on what he's, um, willing to do with the college companies on the cars and all that or two is there another option out there that brings in more money and as young as Haley is I think there's so many examples already out there of when a driver despite and drivers having more talent than Haley mind you um at least what they've shown there's examples of the guy loses sponsorship and all of a sudden he has no ride anymore not the ride that he desires and I sure as hell hope they don't give up on Haley. Um, There's not a plethora of other options that intrigue me. There's one, um, but I I would hope this gets resolved. And I I do wonder because like, there's no question about Almendinger's sponsorship. And if you read through that whole article he put out there, you know, um, I don't know, man, like, I don't know what happens here. I, I got him and Like, Justin himself has come out in interviews and been Like, uh, lack of manufacturer backing, uh, not enough simulator time. Basically feels like they have no support from Chevy. Haley's been pretty outspoken, too, lately. Uh, even dating back to Daytona last year when Kyle Busch rumors were going on. Uh, D- the Daytona summer race, that is. Yeah. Um, I want him to stay. I hope he stays. And I think he's good enough to be in a cup car. But I... I think I'm pretty decent at reading tea leaves, um, and I think there might be something else brewing, but I have no idea what the hell that is.
1: Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. This was a bit of a shocking uh, statement from Bob Pacris. Um and, and you're right. You've mentioned this before. You know, Justin has been a bit outspoken, in on different occasions about sponsorship or racing for his, you know, life. You know, last year during the Kyle Busch. Uh, rumors and you know he's he's not shied away from saying these statements Um, but at the same token you know Haley has been groomed by colleague for the better part of the last four or five seasons Um, you know starting in the Xfinity series then dabbling, you know and then getting into the 31 car for the last couple years Um, I, I just it would be shocking to me I guess if if Colleague Matt Collig, walks away from that investment that he's placed in Justin Haley. Uh, Justin Haley is only 24 years old. I mean, uh, we talk about young drivers coming into their own. You know, Haley is still several years away from hitting his prime. I mean, he's only going to continue to improve, and the more seat time he gets, the better he'll be. And and we saw just, uh, was it last week after he got another top 10? You know, he's already matched, I want to say matched, maybe even exceeded his his total career best for top tens in a season. Um, I think he's got five now, which is more than AJ, by the way, this season. Uh, AJ only has four. So, you know, Haley is doing what's been asked of him, and, and he's getting better. So it, it would be a really, I guess, shocking and disappointing move if they decided to move on from Justin Haley. Um, I know sponsorship is king. You got to pay the bills, you know, and perhaps Lee filter is going to slowly back away from being the primary sponsor uh, of that 31 car. But it would, I would be really shocked if, if Haley was not in the car next year. Um, and this is the first time I've really seen anything substantial saying that it's even a possibility. So something we'll have to keep an eye on, definitely, over the next couple of weeks and months uh, as the season plays out.
0: The one thing that might make some sense, and this is where I'm going with this, is this fellow right here, Adam Stern, put out there today, or not today, the other day. Uh, what what the hell's the date today? The seventeenth. So two days ago. Speculation has been rife that SVG, Mr. Shane Van uh, Gisbergen, uh, may depart at season's end to pursue a full-time NASCAR career. By Sunday night in Townsville, many of the supercars, uh, many in the supercars paddock were tipping this to be SVG's final supercar season. And I just want to say, holy shit, this feels a whole lot like Marcus Ambrose in terms of the way that it's going down. And I I got to say, man, and it, sorry, there's a, uh, I don't know the fellow's name. I'll try to find it once we get off here and have it ready for the next one. Uh, but there's a V8 supercar reporter, and it's not the one that Adam Stern has linked in the tweet uh, that put out there that he thinks that Red Bull might be willing to go with him. And like, that's a game changer. Even if Red Bull's willing to come on to a, any NASCAR Uh, that he drives for a dozen races. Like there's going to be teams that, you know, dollar signs light up. Um, I will say this. I'm not convinced that this guy can be, he's only run the one race. What, right. He's never ran before Chicago. One for one, one for one. So I don't know if he's scheduled for anything else this this year on the road courses or not. He's not. He's not. Okay. So look, Winning a street race is fine and all, but it's not the same as going out there and winning Coda. It's not the same as going out there and winning the Charlotte Roble or Sonoma. Um, none of those tracks are like that. I will say this there's a track that they're supposedly going to next year. That's probably the closest thing to a street course. And that's Montreal at times. Um, I could see a team like colleague. First of all, I would imagine track house would try to acquire another charter because why wouldn't They, but if they can't, I could see a team like Colleague going, hey, Almendinger and SVG, sure, we have work to do on the ovals, but uh, we're going to go throw the best tandem there is out there on road courses if he can back it up on a road course. Again, I don't think they're the same beasts. I think they're different. Uh, I'll say this for SVG, man, whether it's colleague or someone else, I think he showed enough that it's at least worth pursuing.
1: A hundred percent. He's... He's going to be in a cup car next year. I think the talking about you know looking at the tea leaves, I, I'm pretty sure that's uh, pretty pretty clear at this point that he is going to be making the move. Uh, with who is the question? Um, I, I, I personally think Trackhouse makes the most sense um, if they want to expand to a third car. I know they're still very high on the Project 91, and that's something that will I'm fully expect to continue into next year. So do they want to pursue a third full-time car with a fourth Project 91? I don't know if that's a direction they're willing to go. So that does open the door, I would say, for Shane Van Gisbergen. Not that hard to say. I don't know why the just can't say that. Um, to go to some other team. And I don't know if Colleague is the team that makes sense here. I mean, I know the dream that you have of the most dominant road course duo in those, on the circuit. Um but I just don't know if colleagues in the right position for it knowing that his, he has no oval experience, you know, that would be starting all over again, basically from scratch with a rookie driver. Um, And, and, you know, let's look at our stable in the Xfinity series. You know, we have Chandler Smith who let's be very clear here. If we don't get that kid into a cup car, you know, minimum 10 races next year, if not full time next year, some other team's going to poach him and put him into a cup car. So Knowing what we have in reserves, I, I don't know if SVG is the right guy for us, but man, he will. <laughs> that kid, <laughs> he's not a kid. He's older than me, I think. He put on a hell of a show at Chicago and he's going to get his opportunities at Cup.
0: Uh, I mean, I- I'm not worried about Chandler. He's on a long-term multi-year deal. You can't poach someone that's already under contract. Even you to go up. They and- sure
1: can. Absolutely.
0: Could. I got to fundamentally disagree with that. I have never heard of a NASCAR team poach someone from another team who still has term on their contract, uh that like maybe the other team the team he's currently under contract or said drivers in a contract for was like, okay, yeah, you can go. But just remember, Almendinger literally needed permission to leave RPM. It wasn't just like, hey, I'm gone. He needed permission to leave. I can't think of another circumstance where someone a series below anyway, has gone to a different team who didn't already have term left on their contract. Uh, Josh Barry is going to Stuart Haas, but his contract was also up at the end of the year. So, well,
1: you kind of touched on it earlier though, with AJ's contract, you make a lot more in the cup series than you do the Xfinity series. So if a team I'm just saying speculative, let's say, you know, Penske decided they wanted to get their hands on Chandler Smith going and buying out an Xfinity contract is well within their means to do so.
0: Right. But you so. still need that team to agree to it. You can't just Walk up to that team and be like, Hey, look at this guy. I'm taking him. And the manufacturers come in play now, too. Chandler Smith was a Toyota guy, and he's now a Chevy guy. And Chevy's not just gonna let one of them. I'm sure Chevy's not overly thrilled. Josh Berry's departing to to Ford. I mean, they're a lot of these manufacturers are very money hungry over the uh, young not money hungry, but um, selfish about letting their rightfully so letting their young talent go. Um, and I'll say this for SVG. Marcus, a lot of people forget this. Ambrose came into NASCAR, and yes, he was not very good on some of the tracks. Um, but it wasn't like Almendinger coming in from Indy. Uh, there were tracks Marcus Ambrose had a huge advantage on. Martinsville, he was fantastic at because of the braking zones. Um, so I don't think it'd be wise for Colling to do anything that going to keep Chandler Smith out of a cup car but I also haven't seen anything remotely close that suggested that he should be full-time in a cup car next year. To me, he's still years away.
1: I do agree with that. I know we, we haven't touched on the Xfinity side, but I mean, Chandler has clearly shown the talent that he is more than capable of being in a cup car. Um, I do think he needs at least one more full-time season in the Xfinity series before he gets that call up though. So, uh, but again, it's just, you know, it's the, it's, the overarching concept of where the team is right like these are the things you have to consider um knowing that you know haley is a kid that you've been grooming only 24 years old do you want to keep him around what is that going to cost and you have chandler smith who is 21 or 22 years old um who's getting very close to getting his call up so um when you look at you know again right. svg you know so i don't know it, it's hard to say i i just uh, i just think svg who will get his opportunities? I just
0: don't think it would be a colleague. I I honestly, like, I, when I look at who's available, I I don't know where else he goes, to be honest. Colleagues, the one team where I go, okay, that, that kind of makes some sense, unless teens buy another charter, which is always possible. and Colleagues are very possible for that, too. I will say this, though. If, if Colleague buys another charter, I don't want to see three Xfinity cars on the track next year. That's too much okay. tension. Um, I think you got to pick and choose. Pick your battles um anyways we'll have to wait and see where it goes i would hope that svg himself though doesn't leave v8 supercars to well we'll take the the team that uh uh, was mentioned by bob like i would hate to see svg leave a supercar ride to go drive for spire or a team like that because like you're just wasting time if he's coming over and racing in cup he's gonna race in at least a somewhat competitive car i would think
1: yeah, I, I I wholeheartedly agree. I, I mean, at that point he would better start going to a top shelf Xfinity team. I don't yeah. think that's Call in the cards, Call. Call. but uh I, I think a top shelf Xfinity ride would be a better starting point for him than a spire cup car. So
0: tell you what, if colleague hasn't decided who's running some of the Xfinity races in the 10 car come playoff time, I'd be knocking on the guy's door and saying, Hey, would you like to come run the Charlotte Roval? Why not make it five in a row or attempt to anyway?
1: Hell, let the guy run oval, see what he's got.
0: Yeah, that'd be a good testing ground for sure. You'd have to pay him handsomely to come over and do that, I, I would imagine. But yeah, I, I would hope they... Those those are the types of moves I like to see. I know a lot of people didn't like him, but I loved when Mom Pablo, Juan Pablo Montoya came to NASCAR. I didn't. Frankly, he was quite good in NASCAR. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't the best. But he, he handled himself.
1: I, I tell you, I, I know we're kind of running short on time for this episode, but I would love to do a Juan Montoya deep dive one day because the amount of times that guy came inches from winning an oval race. I mean, yep. he had so many close opportunities that for just didn't go his way. But that kid, okay, again, that guy, I mean, he's an F1 winner, IndyCar champion, Indy 500 winner, NASCAR winner, Lama's winner. The guy was elite. Yep. He would have done he, I mean, Juan Pablo Montoya was great. I'm glad he but, came to NASCAR for as long as he did.
0: Yeah. Uh and then quickly on the Xfinity side, we had Chandler Smith finish second, uh, Daniel Hemmer, P four. And uh according to NASCAR, Austin Dillon's now sixteenth. Poor guy couldn't avoid a, a wreck on the weekend. Uh which brings our points to uh to this. Um and yeah, it's kinda like I got to be honest, I'm not seeing AJ Allmendinger or uh, or Ty Gibbs there, which is kind of weird. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, so who wins this? I mean, I think you got to give John Hunter the the, the nod, and I don't necessarily think it's solely talent based. I think there's a huge equipment advantage in those Joe Gibbs Toyotas in the Xfinity Series. Uh, Austin Hill's been good. Um, I'd like to see Chandler make the top the the final four. That's going to be a challenge. Um, I'm okay. And obviously the 10 car, I don't have the team points here, but uh the 10 car has been fantastic this
1: year. Ten, ten, ten car is right below Chandler if you look at points. But uh I mean the Colleague Xfinity teams have been bringing winning cars to the track. Um obviously they finished second last week at our yes, yeah, Saturday at New Hampshire with Chandler. Um they threw away the Atlanta race. I mean we haven't even touched on that. But they dominated the Atlantic Xfinity race. One, two, three, the last hundred laps of the race. Should have been a shoe-in victory. Nicest thing I can say is they fumbled the bag because that's exactly what they did. Uh, Justin Haley abandoned his teammate on the last lap and probably cost them a win there. So, um, But yeah, I mean, the cars have been fast. Chandler has been fast. Um, making the Final Four is, of course, a tall ask. But when you look at who's winning races on a regular basis right now, you know, there's only a couple of guys that are doing it. John Hunter, Niemicek, for sure. Um, you know, and really that's about it. Austin Hill yeah. had three wins early in the year and not much since A lot of
0: cup guys winning too when they're there. It's true.
1: And, and once the playoffs start, obviously it'll be all Xfinity all the time. But the, the junior motorsports cars have been slightly off this year for whatever reason, which gives, I think, calling an opportunity to kind of step up. Uh, especially Chandler, to step up and make a deep playoff run. So, um, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. But, I mean, he's qualifying well every week. He's racing well every week. Um, If he just keeps putting these, you know, consistent efforts, you know, there, he's going to get a few more wins before the year's out too. So um, definitely very happy with where Chandler is, the 10-car the all-star car has been performing about where we expected it to. That car will win at least win, one, one, one or two more before the year out, too. So very happy with the Xfinity side. I think they have an opportunity to make the Final Four. Uh, hard to win a championship, but if you get there, you have a shot, and that's all you can ask for.
0: Absolutely. So we got Pocono this weekend, followed by Richmond, followed by Michigan, and then we get into a couple of banger road courses. Can't wait. Uh, that's going to do it, though, for, I guess, the first official episode of the Colleague Nation podcast, formerly known as the Trophy Hunters podcast. Uh, check us out on Twitter, at Collegnation. Surprisingly, wasn't taken. And uh, check out our Facebook pages, Collegnation Nation and Dinger Nation any support would be appreciated. Let's uh, keep on putting a smile on those faces and uh, look forward to what's to come. Ryan, any last, last words here? Ah, man,
1: I think he covered it pretty well. Just, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the team, please give us some support on our, our different socials. And uh, we love to interact with everybody. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We, we love talking with everybody that's uh, part of the, the calling Nation. So we'll compete this week and see what we got for Pocono.
0: For Ryan, I'm Sean. We'll see you next time. Let's get at Pocono.